Blog Talk Radio. Stand by, please. Okay, praise God. Shabbat, happy shalom. Uh, before we get started with our service, let us take the time and opportunity to honor the three soldiers that pass a serving the country. Please give me, uh, everybody have 30 seconds of silence and remember of those soldiers. Thank you for listening to us here at Live Deliverance Internet Radio Ministries. We are having a subject on marriage. I wish I would have learned this before I got married. A lot of stuff I did not know, and a lot of people who are married don't really realize what they're getting into. (laughs) Um, And I found out the hard way. I would like and recommend those who listen to this radio station. Some of it came out of this book, but not a lot of it. A lot of my own study. I just maybe two or three excerpts of what I saw, but go and get this book. Marriage Covenant, over 2 million Derek Prince books in print. The Biblical Secret for a Love That Lasts. Derek Prince. A lot of us, our parents, really, my parents didn't train me. They didn't know the word. They didn't, they didn't know the Bible to abide by. Uh, I was Roman Catholic, but sometimes our parents are, don't teach us what this is. <laughs> Most people, some of us get married through tradition, get married to marry somebody for their money. That ain't going to work. Or marry somebody, fall in love with them, think that you like them, and get over here in America, they'll leave you. You got to be very careful and cautious of who you put in your life. And if the Christians that I'm talking about, we're talking about born-again Christians, we're not talking about unsaved people. Because unsaved people, they do the opposite. And we are really doing the same thing that they do. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come in the name of Jesus. How God has anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and who went about doing good and helping all who are oppressed of the devil. Lord, we thank you for your word. We ask that this come in the simplicity. We ask that the Holy Spirit lead the hearer, take these scriptures, learn them. Lord, protect these people, protect Israel in this war in Gaza. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, please, in this war, in the war, Lord, we come up against the spirits also in Ukraine. We ask that you intervene with this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, it's time to uh, get into it. A lot of people, when I got married, no one never talked talk this to me. I never knew this. <laughs> now, if I desire to get married, I'm going to go strictly by the word of God for a helpmate. And if they don't meet the, the biblical requirements, not the physical, the biblical, we get caught up in looks, what the person has. Uh, you know, what they can offer you, what you can offer them, and does it really, is it really love? Is it? I want you to know that marriage is a covenant. Marriage is a covenant. I want you to turn to your Bibles 
Proverbs chapter 2, verse 17, King James Version. Let's do that. 2.17, King James Version. Which forsaketh the God of her youth and forgotten the covenant of God. This is a covenant. Yea, ye say, wherefore, and in Malachi chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Yea, ye say, wherefore, because the Lord has been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Yea, is she the companion of thy wife, of thy covenant. It's a covenant. Let's go to uh, Psalms 25.15. Psalms 25.15. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Now, what I'm saying in Psalms 25, 14, I'm sorry, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. So Amos 3, 3 says, how can two come together that they agree? So if you're with a person, they have to have the same belief that you have. If they don't speak in tongues and you speak in tongues and, you know, they, you've been walking with the Lord longer, you're going you're gonna to have a baby to raise up. And then through that, you're going to be fighting demons that's going to try to pull the marriage apart. So what I have learned is that have, I need someone on my level. I'm not looking for the Bible says he that finded a wife. Sure, I desire a wife, but she's got to know a lot about Dear Prince. She's got to know about the Holy Ghost. We got to be on the same page. I'm a deliverance minister. I, I don't believe in casting out demons. I can't. I can't go. I'm, that's it. It's over when I hear that. I got to move on, because these things that get you in trouble if you're not in one accord with the person that you want to be a, a mate for the rest of your life. In the domestic world. Uh, we have been taught to have sex with your girlfriend, and it's okay, and fornicate. And then uh, you guys you got some sin, now you got them demons in there. And then if there's lust with the man or with the woman, they're going to go back and forth to you, stay dormant until you get married, come back up and destroy you. So uh, I would give you caution to stay away from that if and <laughs> you had no problem to stay away from it. But... Seek the Lord through fasting and prayer because the Bible says a lot about marriage. Now, we're going to start this thing off with 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And I, as I said, I didn't know this. Uh, it's, it's sad that uh, I didn't know it. And if I would have known this, I would have prevented a lot of my mistakes that I made doing this venture with marriage. Good old orange juice. The role of the Christian husband and the husband's roles in his description is head of household. Love your wife, visionary, spiritual leader. <clears throat> Pray for your family. Responsible for, for family, provider, manage, decision maker. Serve your wife's needs. Do everything as unto God. I wasn't taught that at all. I wish somebody would show this to me. I thank God for his word. The wife's description is helpmate. Help meet, helpmate. Submission. Now that's a problem. Because 
I've noticed even w- women don't know how to submit. They never, they never was taught that. And they get saved and no one is giving them a teaching on women's submission. And when they hear submission, they think that that's slavery, that's bondage. A woman should submit to her husband and if doing everything. But if you have a husband who's not on the level that understands the submission, that don't mean that uh, he tells you what to do with something evil and you go do it. This is why you need someone on the same level before you get married. Learn to apply these principles with your dating partner. Use that time to try to understand where y'all are coming from. Be honest with each other and use the Bible. Now, let's look what the Bible says. Give me a Bible. We're going to start with uh, marriage in 1 Corinthians, the 7th chapter. Now, concerning the things wherefore ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Now, when you see wherefore, uh, the Corinthians was writing to Paul about problems that they had. And the beginning with this chapter uh, 7-1, Paul responds to a number of matters and questions about the Corinthians and had written him. As Paul worked through the list of the questions, he began his response to each of the topics with the phase now concerning. So when you see that in the Bible, they wrote back to Paul, the apostle, and they had a problem with marriage. And Paul had to straighten it out. So let's look at First Corinthians chapter 7. We got a lot to cover. This is going to be a full five-part segment. I'm going to try to conduce it. Because tomorrow we're going to be teaching on Leviathan, and then uh, Monday we'll come back to marriage part two. Let's go with the word. Now concerning the things wherefore ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Now, if you got sexual problems, don't mean to go get married, and that's it. You're just going to have sex with the person. Marriage is more than sex, it, it, and, and a lot of people focus that as marrying someone, and I, I, I want everybody to please get the children out of the room. This is for adults. Get them out the room. This is not, you know, I got to say some things. And I have heard some ridiculous stuff of why a woman want to marry a man. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how to say that. His, you know what, big. Uh, his is medium. I mean, this is perversion. Uh, love comes from the heart, not in the uh, section of a man's body. And love comes in the heart, in the heart of the person, not the section of the female body. Satan has really polluted that in our walk with the Lord. And before we came to the Lord, we were messed up and had all kinds of things we've done in sex. We done wore ourselves out. It's time to get your mate. If you don't get deliverance, them demons going to go right into her, and her is going to go into you, and uh, that, that go to war. And that's the devil's uh, job is to destroy marriages. So if you've got basic understanding biblically with this thing, you'll be successful. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render a tender wife. Do beloved, and likewise also the wife to the husband. The commitment of marriage means that each partner relinquishes the executive rights to his or her own body and give the other a claim to it. That is neither marriage partners may fail to submit 
to neither marriage, partners may fail to submit the normal sexual desires of others. Such desires within marriage are natural and God-given, and to refuse to carry out one's responsibility in fulfilling the other's needs is to open up the marriage of Satan's temptation and adultery. And this is why a lot of men, I have counseled many Christian men, uh, my God, uh, and they told me that their wife, they won't have sex with them, so the devil didn't put so much pressure on them, they don't have enough word in them. They don't know how to fast or pray through it. The flesh is going to call them and want to do something. And uh, that needs to be uh, taken care of between him and God. And I pray that if any of you hear me, that you must get some counsel with your wife or husband, but don't go out and open up the door to sin to please your flesh for a couple of minutes, an hour, whatever, and then you go back to your wife or the wife vice versa. So both of you should be able to desire uh, intercourses, but not let it be perverted. And that keeps a marriage healthy, but I really know that that's one of them. That's not everything. Uh, you have to be in one accord. It's, it's a must. Because if you're not in one accord, Satan will come in there and he will uh, destroy that marriage. Now, I want to say something. And a lot of people ask me, and I'm going to say this here. I'm going to let the word say it. In Hebrews 13:4. The Bible says marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God would judge. Like me and Sister Durden, we had to counsel a lot of people in marriage, and a lot of men have perverted things that they have done that they want to do to their wife, and that's not that ain't that's not clean in the eyesight of God. Uh, God created a woman's vagina, not her rectum, and I have encountered so many. Uh, demonic spirits in Christians who are married and this thing starts surfacing up and she don't want to have sex with him no more and he he, he what he does is go out and sin he don't have a word in him and that's all I've been seeing so you really need to understand that this is a partnership combined for both it, you should want to please your husband now if your husband is tired the Bible say for the uh, sake of fasting you can't have sex but after that you can but that should be distributed between two and your, your wife and your husband. And love should bring that if they want to. If a person's tired, hey, they're tired. You, you go, you're married, but if it gets out of that uh, order, then it's perversion. And uh, that doesn't need to be. Let the husband render unto the wife do beloveds, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife have no power of her own body but the husband. And likewise, also, the husband have no power of his own body but the wife. Now, that's it. They come, this is the Apostle Paul coming straight out toward sex with a marriage, straight out. First, he says, now concerning these things, wherefore we wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, nevertheless to avoid fornication. Fornication is a sexual sin. But you don't Go find a wife just to so you won't fornicate. You got to have a wife that's on your level, 
that understand what you understand spiritually. Because if it's imbalanced, it will not work. It will not work. I failed, and I've seen a lot of people fail because you got to be, both of you need to be rooted in the word. Take these principles and start meditating on them before you get married. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife do beloveds, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife have no power, no power of her own body, but the husband, and likewise also the husband have no power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud you not one the other, except that it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourself to fasting and prayer and come together. Again, that Satan tempt you not for your inconsistency. So marriage partners, sometimes you have to get away from having sex and fast and pray. And that sex will be the most beautiful thing because if it's a holy thing, the presence of the Holy Spirit, God created sex. Satan has perverted sex. God created sex for husband and wife. And the devil took it to another level where we're at now. In the times that we live in it, it's to the point where men dressing like men, violations of the Bible. But that's holy unto God. And when both husband and wife pray, that's a lot of power. Notice that the Bible says you have to do it. In most marriage, they don't, they don't fast. If you marriage your partner, you need to fast. Why? It says, here's why. Defraud you not one the other except it be with counsel, consent, for a, a, for a time, I'm sorry, that ye may give yourself to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not for your inconsistency. You stay consistent when you fast and Satan can't tempt you. Meet each other's meat, love each other, pray together. But I speak of mission and not of commandment. He spoke this by permission because Paul was single. He wasn't married. Peter was married, but Paul wasn't. For I would that all men were even as I myself. See, he, Paul was not married. But every man have his proper gift of God, one after the manner and another after that. Notice it says gift, um, uh, a, a, a proper gift of God. Uh, when you have a husband and wife, that's a gift from the Lord. Amen. Then he says, I say this to the unmarried and widows. It is good for them if they abide even as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry. Cannot contain. That means this is a Christian who's going to be fornicating. Not contain. We don't contain it. You don't see it. And then you're going to sin again. You need to get married. But remember... You're doing it what the Bible said, but don't get married thinking that sex is going to be the happiness of you and your wife's life. You got to work. You got to eat. You got to know each other. Sex will be an enjoyable time within you and your husband uh, when both agree. One cannot deny the other. That's what the Bible says, except for fasting. As again, as I said, if a person's tired, give your loved one the one that you love. Rest to uh, in, endeavor with that at another time. Use wisdom with this. But I speak by permission and not of commandment. 
For I would that all men were even as I myself, but every man have his proper gift of God, one after the manner and another after that. I say, therefore, to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry. That means they can't contain themselves and they're fornicating. That's just what I said. Paul, Paul already knew they were going to sin. If, so he said, if you're going to keep sinning like this, you need to marry. Keep in mind, do this in order. That's just not a ticket just to marry somebody and think that that's going to keep the marriage going. No. But if you can't contain yourself, you should marry. But if they cannot contain, let them marry. But it is better to marry than to burn. Now, let's deal with uh, marital separation in the Bible. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse, I'm sorry, First Corinthians chapter 7 verse 10. Now, unto the married, I command ye not. Now, watch this. But the Lord, this is coming from the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband. But, and if she departs, let her remain unmarried, okay? So if you're married and you're having problems or separated, you have to remain unmarried. That's what the word says. But if she departs, so that's a free will. There's no guarantee your husband and your wife will be together. There's no guarantee what a person will do. So you really need to be on Johnny on the spot with this, with the Lord. Get it right. Study it. This is a very serious commitment, and we just bypass the spiritual laws that applies to marriage. But and if she departs, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. Well, we see now uh, that the devil is on a real high list of divorce. Because I really believe people have not put these principles in the Bible to perspective. Now we got a lot of more to cover. We got all we got scriptures out of Colossians, Peter, on concerning marriage. We're just getting cooking. Now it says mixed marriage, M I X E D, mixed marriage. Now watch, watch what the what the Bible says: or unsaved person with a saved person, and that happens. Uh, you can be a baby Christian in the Lord. You, you see this person, you don't know nothing about these scriptures. <laughs> Nobody have talked to you about really the, the covenant you're making and you done married this person and they ain't on your level spiritually or they don't believe no more. Watch what the Bible says. But and if she departs, let her uh, remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife. Now, mixed marriages. But to the rest speak, I not the Lord. If any brother have a wife that believeth not, so you could be married unsaved, and then you get saved, and she still don't believe, okay? An atheist don't believe, and you got saved, you used to be an atheist, and you got saved, and she's got not, she's, uh, she didn't get saved. You can't get rid of her. The Bible says, but to the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother have a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him. Let him not put her away. So she can handle your, uh, your serving the Lord and speaking in tongues and cast out a demon. You can't get rid of her. She's still your wife. She, she, she still don't believe, but she's sanctified through you. 
She's not a believer. You used to be an atheist, and both of y'all was atheists, you know, and you got saved, and she, you know, she still don't believe in Jesus. You can't get rid of her. And the woman, which have a husband, this is for the woman. That was for the husband, now this is for the woman. And the woman, which have a husband that believeth not. So you saved now. All your sin, and both of y'all was in the world doing y'all cocaine and, you know, doing all this old wild stuff, and all of a sudden God calls you, you get saved. Your husband ain't there yet. You can't get rid of him. And the woman, which have a husband that believe not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. Unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. That's a very powerful mystery. So you the guy saved. She's not saved. She's sanctified through you. Well, how to minister to your wife? Just live the example. Let somebody else minister to her. Let her see this. Let her ask you questions. Because once she gets over to Christ and they get that Holy Ghost in her, y'all going to be okay. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband, else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. That's to protect the child. One's not married, one's not saved, the other one is. He have a baby, God's not going to strike that child, he's going to protect that child, because the Bible says that. And if the woman which have a husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. That means the children going to be okay. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. Now, let me back up to uh, verse 11 in 1 Corinthians 7:11. But, and if she departs, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. Paul recognized that God wants marriage to be permanent. He also recognized, however, that sometimes a marriage relationship may be so come uneasable that separation from the partners is necessary. Paul, therefore, is not talking about divorcing permanently by God because of adultery or abandonment, or a marriage partner. Rather, Paul is speaking of a person without legal divorce. He may be referring to situations where a marriage partner is acting in such a way as to engage the physical or spiritual life of the spouse and children in such conditions. It may be best that one of the partners leave the home and not marry. It is inconceivable that Paul would advocate that a partner remains with a spouse who repeatedly brought physical harm and abuse to her or the children. That's the time when they got to go. So if man hitting you, no, you let him go. Then it says, verse 12, 1 Corinthians 7, 12, recapitulate, but to the rest speak I not, the Lord. This is the Lord. 
If any brother, that's a born-again Christian, tongue-talking, sanctified Christian that casts out demons, have a wife that believe it not, she don't believe in Jesus' master, she ain't saved, she's just a Baptist, and she still go to the Baptist church because she don't know Jesus, but she, she says she's a Baptist. You can't let her go away. And she, she likes to be with you, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. Hear that. And the woman which have a husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. They are holding your children because one of you is saved. For the unbelieving, unbelieving uh, husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. If they don't want to be married you no more, watch this. Let them depart. Why? But God has called us to peace. For who knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? Now, I want to go back to when Paul says, uh, but the rest speak I, not the Lord. I want to go back to my commentaries. Paul is not mainly uh, given his own opinion here, rather that he says that he does not have a saying of Jesus to confirm what he is about to write. However, he writes as his own as a posic authority under the divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit that Jesus gave that to Paul. In verse 14, when a believer is involved in a marriage with an unbeliever, the marriage as well as the children born to the union are legitimate before God. Therefore, the believer should live with the unbelieving, uh, unbeliever and not seek to divide the marriage or the home. Furthermore, because the husband or wife is a believer, he or she may have a special influence so that the spouse is to be led by Christ. Oh, have mercy, Jesus. That's powerful. Somebody got to set the example for their husband and pray for their husband. Don't preach to them, love them, they're unbeliever. You was once too. Now, God don't want nobody in bondage. In the event that an unbeliever partner abandons or divorces a believer, the marriage relationship is dissolved and the believer is free from his or her uh, material obligations. Not under bondage in such case, meaning that the believer is released from the material contract. The word under bondage literally means to be enslaved. The faithful believers is no longer enslaved to his or her marriage vows in this case. The abandoned believer is free to remarry provided that he or she marries a Christian. See, that's not even taught in the, in the, in, in the church. That's sad. Uh, wait one minute. Wait one minute. Plan and standard is one man and one woman joined together in a marriage. This is disavowability only by death. 
to this, Jesus gave an example, namely fornication. Fornication is marital unfaithfulness spiritually and includes adultery of the kind of severe sexual immorality. Therefore, divorce is to be permitted when sexual immorality is involved. The following are important biblical facts concerning divorce. When Jesus criticized divorce in verse 7 and 8, he is not criticizing a separation because of adultery. But a divorce permeates in the Old Testament is, is the opposite. In those cases where a husband dissolves uncleanliness, perhaps premature and unchastened after the marriage, he takes place. God desires in such case was that two remain together. However, he permits divorce due to a premature un a hastiness because of the hardness of the people's heart. In the case of immorality after marriage, the Old Testament prescribes the dissolving of the marriage by executing both the offerings of the priests. In Leviticus 20.10 and Daniel 2.22, verse 22. This, of course, would leave the innocent person free to marry. Romans chapter 7, verse 2 and 1, and 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39. So if someone's beating you and hitting you, you ain't got to stay in that. You, you can leave. God did not call you. There ain't no peace to beat you, rape you. No. And believe me, I didn't, I, get, I, didn't, I didn't hurt at all in these 14 years. Verse 15, the first Corinthians 7:15. but if the unbelieving departs, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such case, but God hath called us to peace. For what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? I'm in 1 Corinthians 7:16. Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? The events that an unbeliever's partner abandons or divorces a believer, the marriage relationship is dissolved. And, and the believer is free from his or her material obligations. Not under bondage in such case means that the believer is released from the material contract. The word under bondage literally means to enslave. The faithful believer is no longer enslaved to his or her marriage vows in this case. The abandoned believer is free to remarry, providing that he or she remains a Christian with a Christian woman. Thank God for his word. In 1 Corinthians 7:17, but as God has distributed to every man, as the Lord has called everyone, so let him walk, and so ordain I in all churches. Is any man called being circumcised? Let him not be circumcised. Is any man called uncircumcised? Let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. But the keeping of the commandments of God, let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Aren't thou called being a servant? Care not for it, but if thou mayest be made free from us, it rather. For he that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's freedom. Likewise also, he that is called being free is Christ's servants. Ye brethren, watch this, with a price be ye not the servants of men. Brethren, let every man whether he is called there and abide with God. Let's look at marriage and Christian services. How can Paul, 
who emphasizes strongly salvation by faith, that what reality matters is keeping the commandments of God, he can say this because salvation by faith in genuine will lead to an obedience, loving, and serving God. Anything less than such obedience falls short of the New Testament of faith. Now, here we're going to deal with marriage and Christian services. Now, concerning virgins, it's a woman who have not had sex, and there's very, very few out here. I don't, I've never met a virgin. The world is coming to an end, not that I'm looking for one. I've never counseled one. I never met one 15 years of me doing ministry. Now, concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord. Yea, I give my judgment as one that have ordained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. See, when you keep your body preserved, women, that you're faithful to the Lord. You'll be rewarded for that. People have not taught this in the church. Verse 26 of 1 Corinthians seven twenty-six. I suppose therefore that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be. Aren't thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loose. Aren't thou loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. But, and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she had not sinned. Watch this now. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh. I spare you. What Paul is saying, if this woman, a virgin, marries a man who's in trouble, you're going to have problems flesh with that adopted child that you're going to be with. Or a man could be a virgin, but I never met one. And this is 25. I never met a male virgin. I wasn't one. Because all I saw was lust my whole life. My mother carried me to Mr. Fred's house, and she's having intercourse, and then my daddy carried me over. It was a mess. It was a mess spiritually. So I didn't I didn't have this. And uh, God is interested in us keeping the commandments and not divorcing our wife. But this I take to the brethren, time is short. It remaineth that both that they have wives be as though they had none. And they that will weep as though they weep not. And they that rejoice as though they See, I'm unmarried. This is all I want to do. I, I'm not. I'm not married, and I want to please the Lord. That's all I want to do. Based on uh, looks, that's not gonna. It's not gonna get it. It will mess you up. But if that is married, cared for the things that are of the world, and how he may please his wife. There is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cared for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy, both in body and in spirit. But she that is married cared for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cause a snare upon you, but for that which is cometh, and that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. But if any man thinketh that he be behaveth himself uncommonly toward his virgin, if she pass the flower of her age, 
and need so required, let him do let him uh, do what he will. He sinneth not, let them marry. Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but have power over his own will, and declare in his heart that he will keep his virgin, does well. So then, he that giveth her in marriage does well, but he that giveth her not in marriage does better. The wife is bound by the law, as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liability to be married to whom she will, only in the Lord. So she is happy if she so abide after my judgment. And I think also that I have the spirit of God. So if a man marries a virgin and she wants to keep her virginity, the Lord said that alone. If she wants to have sex, it's okay. The Bible is not difficult. If you understand it and stay under the anointing, it's it's really not difficult. I did not have these uh, principles one when I married. I, I I didn't know, and uh, I I wish I would have known. And it's, it's thank God for His mercy and grace, because if I would have known these things, my when I first got married, I I probably was still married, but I didn't know. But now I know, and I hope now you know. All right, now let's look at. Uh, what we need to look at now is Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, okay? Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, King James Version. Therefore, In Genesis 2.24, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now, I want to comment off this before we close. There are times when people get married that the mama get involved, that the mama's controlling the son, probably Jezebel. And I've seen marriage get so messed up because of the mother is involved with a holy thing that God brought together because they volunteered to love each other to marry. And it caused confrontation with the wife. It's like a competition. She's married to him. The mother still wants him to be her baby. The mother has not understand that her power that she had is now relinquished to the wife. Yes, honor your parents that your days will be longer, Ephesians 6.1. But the mother's not supposed to get involved. I stand back. I have a technical problem. Okay, I got knocked off air. The devil is a lie. I'm going to pick up. This is part two, the role of a Christian husband and wife. And... I was talking about Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, when the Bible says a man's supposed to leave the husband and cleave to the wife. And that's in there for a reason, because some some mothers are very, very controlling and don't want to relinquish uh, the, I guess, authority she have over her son, or the, and the mother also. 
In Genesis 2.24, it says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now, that means a lot. God, in the beginning, ordained marriage and the family as the first unit, the most important institution on earth. God's plan for marriage consists of one man and one female who becomes one flesh, ultimately physically and spiritually. This instruction excludes adultery, pornography, homosexuality, immoral living, and unscriptural divorces. That's not, that's not what's going to happen. So God has sanctioned this, and the mother is in the way, and I've seen marriages get destroyed. I've seen not only the mother or the man married the woman and the woman's father. He's, he, he, you know, he don't want his daughter uh, with this man, and he's checking and constantly, you know, getting involved. The man's not hitting each other. Some uh, mothers and fathers don't know how to, how to relinquish this, and that caused interference. Uh, with them. Uh, if you marry a person, uh, for example, if I get married again, she has to be a Sabbath keeper. No, I don't want nobody as a Jehovah Witness. That's not, I'm Sabbath keeper. My wife has to be a Sabbath keeper already. She's going to have to be able to speak in tongues. She's going to know the deliverance ministry. She's going to have to show me she know the word because I am not, I don't have the time. I can, I can be single. I can contain myself. I don't have the time to raise somebody up while I'm doing this. So I need someone into this ministry, into the same thing I'm in, so we can be on the same level to come up against Satan. Because Satan will attack any marriages, okay? Satan will attack any marriage. And God knows that. The Bible says in Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male or female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. The, the husband and wife is a mystery because we are one in Christ Jesus. As a heirs of God's grace, it is an equal involved in order of submission with respect to authority. As God is the head of Christ, Christ is the head of man, and man the head of woman. The word head seems to express both authority and divine order. Husband and wife must give themselves over to Christ to understand this mystery. Now, if you're the head of the house, yeah, you may have a last decision, but you better make sure your wife, you counsel with your wife and listen to her counsel and listen to the Lord's counsel, too. I got something to, to say about that. Listen to the Lord. And uh, both y'all get together fast and pray it's good to listen to your wife but you better test the spirit there are two men that listen to their wife before obeying the Lord don't do that that's scriptural let's give me Genesis 317 King James Version, Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. To Adam, he says, because you have heeded the voice of your wife. This is Adam. Adam listened to his wife. He didn't listen to God. And have eaten from the tree which I command you, saying ye shall not eat of, the, eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. 
in toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Now, if you and your wife is unequally yoked, she's not going to understand that. She, she won't understand that at all. It's, yes, submit, listen to one another, but the man got to really make the right decision spiritually. God gives him the headship, and God wants man to listen to him first. Why? If you listen to your wife and not listen to God, especially if she's an unbeliever, you're going to be messed up. Now, she saved, hear her. You do have a right to, uh, 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 to wait on the Lord out the mouth of two or three witnesses. The Lord will confirm to you, you always, as the head of the house, must be compassionate. Both must work together. You shouldn't use having authority over a woman to, uh, I'm the man, make up, clean the house up. No, she ain't your slave. I got the last word here. They ain't nothing but divided in you. Gentle, honey, you know, pray about it. Show her scripture. Work together, but not listen what God is saying. Listen to your wife, but God somewhere may be wanting to talk to you. And these are two examples of men that didn't, didn't hear their wife. They didn't hear God. They heard their wife. Another one is in uh, Genesis 16.2. King James Version, Genesis chapter 16, verse 2. And Sarah said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from barren. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarah, not the voice of God. So at being a spiritual leader, you need to, if a man's married, he needs to at least be fasting at least two days a week. You got to stay on John on the spot, brother. You got to love your wife as Christ loved the church, and she doesn't understand that. If you're married, especially if you're in ministry, so I don't, I can't, ba- I can't deal with no babies. I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I got too much to do. I work long hours. Uh, if the Lord brings me someone, it's got to be on my level spiritually, or I can't. I'm not dealing with it. I don't care nothing about no looks or none of that. I have to hear the Lord. I want to make sure that the person that I marry understands these. Uh, scriptures and that submission is a thing that all of us have to do yes the woman must submit unto her husband in everything the bible says that why was that because of adam and eve now i'm not trying to be a male chauvinist but i've seen women try to wiggle out of this and use we all one in spirit that don't submit a woman's supposed to submit to her husband as unto the lord and uh that's in the bible and a lot of people don't really believe in the bible nowadays uh they go and do what they wait, and uh, that's not permittable. Uh, let me go to Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. And be not drunk with wine wherein excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Give thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So you can't be no male chauvinist, brother. 
We have to submit one to another. You, you, yeah, you had a final say so, but you better make sure that you have it, uh, have it heard from uh, from the Lord. And your wife has to be comfortable in her spirit to receive that revelation from you. She has the right to test the spirit to keep Satan out your marriage. If you're going to use the head, that you the spiritual head in a uh, a way that's going to master this person or control this person, that's witchcraft. God doesn't like witchcraft. Witchcraft is not of God's kingdom. Amen. And because men haven't been taught this, nor their father trained them, they just get married and like I did, and I didn't know anything about this. This is why you have to search the scriptures and things in your life if you're a Christian. Let's close with Ephesians 5.22. Wives, submit yourself unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Submit. The word submit. Definition of the word submit. Uh-oh. Accept or yield to a superior force to the authority or will of another person. Now, a lot of women have problems with this. Jezebel. Very, I mean, I see a lot of Jezebel. Even in uh, uh, women uh, ministers. I've seen women. I know a woman minister in San Francisco. She doesn't even submit nothing to her husband. I said, "How are you gonna be a Christian?" He's a he's a pastor of the of the of ministry, of the ministry. You know, she used to submit. She stopped. See, the devil can get in us. He can get anything in our heart. We want to be pleasing to the Lord. And when you please the Lord, your marriage will work and obey the order of God. For the husband, Ephesians chapter five twenty three. For the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Now, Jesus gave his life up for the church. He was crucified. You have to give your life up for your wife. You have to die. You have to give up your life. Because when you love your wife, the Lord wants you to do that because that's how he created marriage. Husband, love your wife even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Lord, have mercy. The wife is given the God-appointed task of helping and submitting to her husband. Her duties to her husband includes love, Titus 2, 4, 3, 1 through 2, assistance, Genesis 2, 18, purity, Titus 2, 5, submission, 1 Peter 3, 2, submission, 1 Peter 3, 5, development of a gentle and quiet spirit, 1 Peter 3, 4, and being a good mother, Titus 2, 4, and a maker, 1 Timothy 2, 15, 1 Timothy 5, 14, Titus 2, 5, God sees a wife's submission to her husband as an actual part of her obedience to Jesus of Nazareth, and also the Lord blesses her in that endeavor. See 1 Timothy 2, 13-15. Husband, head, God has established the family as the basic unit in society. Every family must have a leader. Therefore, God has what? Assigned to the husband the responsibility of being the head of the wife and family. His headship must be exercised in love, not in authoritativeness or dictatorism or control. Love. So if you love your wife, 
You know, hey, come over here. I'm the head of the White House. That's not, you ain't no head. You're an idiot. You're being used by the devil on your wife. Love, gentleness, consideration for his wife and family. The husband, God gives responsibilities as head of the wife, includes provisions for the family, spiritual, and domestic needs. Genesis 3, 16 through 18, 1 Timothy 5, 8. Love, protection, and interest in her uh, welfare in the same way that Christ loves the church. Verse 25, honor, understanding, appreciate it through thankfulness. Colossians 3, 19, 1 Peter 3, 7. Absolutely faithful to the marriage relationship. Matthew 5, 27 and 28. And when that takes place, now you are harmonized with Christ and the Word of God. We're going to pick this back up. We've got a lot of other good stuff we're going to be digging into. We're going to get, get into the development of a uh, gentle spirit. We're going to look at the husband and wife responsibilities in the book of Colossians, Galatians, Peter. We're going to really get into it, the godly conduct of a woman and much more. I want to thank you for listening to us here at Live Deliverance Internet Radio Ministries. Please sow a seed to keep us on air. I don't ask that much. Whatever you can do, sow a seed. We would really appreciate it. God will move, and I know that God will move on your heart. If you're interested in being a member here, you please welcome to email me at overtonab1 at gmail.com. We do deliverance every Friday. I'm not doing deliverance uh, tonight because next week I'll be going back because of my assistants coming back from out of town. We're also going to have a Sabbath service Every Saturday, either 6.30 or 2 o'clock, it'll be those who had Fellowship of Faith Church International. Pastor Wayne Thompson will be on every Sunday at 2 o'clock p.m. all the way to 12 midnight every Sunday for those who are members of Fellowship of Faith Church International. Eric code 4434611162. God bless you. Shalom. This is our day of rest. May the Lord Jesus be upon you. Protect yourself. Covered by the blood. Put the arm of God and give the devil no place, according to Ephesians 4.17. We thank the Lord for this word scripture-based ministry. God gets all the glory. I can be replaced. I'm nothing without him. Without him, we all can do nothing. Don't forget to go to www.livedeliverance.com on the lower left-hand icon. You can sow a seed to keep us on air. We also have Derek Prince 24 hours a day on our YouTube at www.livedeliverance.com. You can hit where it says YouTube and hear Derek Prince and Apostle Tommy Vito out of Finland. God bless and shalom.